1: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad. Hey, good evening, everybody. Hope you are all doing well on this nice Monday evening. I'm excited about this. We don't have any CFL football to talk about, but that doesn't mean we can't talk about the canadian football league and the edmonton football club we'll do that tonight with scott milanovich uh, a little football talk is never a bad thing is it so despite the fact we don't have scores and games we're still going to get together now every monday night starting tonight from 7:30 to 8 to talk football with scott milanovich the covid 19 pandemic has us in a peculiar setup for the show I'm in my home office in South Edmonton, and from his home office in Florida, we now welcome in the head coach of the Edmonton football team, Scott Milanovic. Good evening, Scott. How are you tonight, and welcome to your show.
0: (laughs) I'm doing good, Morley. Thanks for having me. We're all doing
1: well. Uh, Tell me about the last seven months for you as we get into this. Uh, Since the shutdown hit, where have you been? Who have you been with? And most importantly, I hope everybody's okay
0: yeah we're uh, we're all doing well um the last seven months have, have been a little crazy I, you know it starts out a little crazy anytime you you get a new job um just getting a staff together and trying to get your ducks in a row and um you know offensively trying to teach the coaches what we want to do and then Noel was working with his staff so we, we kind of got all that done in the spring and, and started working on personnel and, and the draft and, and then this whole thing hit and um you know, we were like everybody else. We're just kind of waiting to see what was happening and trying to prepare the best that we could. And then when we were talking about starting back up in September, I assumed that we would start with Calgary because of the Labor Day game. So we were we were all planning on a Calgary opening, and you know, and then when they when they ultimately canceled the season, it was a shock. It was surprising. I mean, the other day it's been 34 years since I haven't either strapped up the pads or put on a whistle to, to start a season. So it's um feels like something's missing is you
1: know it feels like dang near a, a death you,
0: in the family it's uh it's a lot
1: how have you dealt with it how tough has it been and, and what have you been doing to replace football in your life
0: well i mean there's a lot there's a lot going on still um one of the one of the positives has been so kind of how a coach's season works even even if you're not a new head coach after the season's over you kind of you get a little time to spend with your family and, and reconnect with them and and then when you get back to work, you watch cut-ups and you figure out what you want to do for the next year, and then you're in the personnel again. And and you don't get a whole lot of time like I'm getting now. So, for instance, now I sit here on the couch with my laptop on watching CFL games, and then on the TV, on the widescreen, I've got either a college football game or an NFL game going. So what it's allowed me to really do is is do a thorough job of kind of research and development and what else can we add to our package that that we're not already doing? You, you know, you get stale after a while doing what you've always done. So it's been, from that perspective, it's been good. From uh, my daughter's a senior in high school here, uh, which is why we're still in Florida. So um, you know, getting to spend that time with her has been has been good. But, um, but yeah, there's definitely still something missing.
1: Yeah, I was I was going to get to that. I, if I know coaches, like I think I do, uh, you probably haven't stopped working through all this, even though you don't know what the schedule for games is going to be and who a lot of your players are going to be and when you're going to play next. Uh, how many times have you have you redone the playbook and, and tinkered with things <laughs> and thought, ah, we should change that, and then maybe change it back a couple of days later over this stretch? Uh, because if there's one thing coaches, especially football coaches, do, it's, it's watch film and, and make notes and and maybe make changes. Uh, tell me about that part of it. How, let's start with this. How often, or how many times, have you watched uh, the season that uh, the Edmonton Football Club played last year? Um, it,
0: not too many times. That was
1: one of my first
0: projects. You know, once you get a new head job, the first thing you have to do is learn about your personnel. So, I did watch all of that offense, defense, and special teams. Now, um, since then, I've been mostly watching other teams' defense, and and obviously with an emphasis of our team and when we played them and see how we matched up against them but yeah i mean to answer your question we've, we've changed it well they going on our fourth time now so we had a we had a plan for the original training camp and um based on what we knew at that point and then when they delayed it we had another plan like i said when i thought we were going to be facing calgary for the opener so you change you know all your installation your training camp and all that stuff and then there was another rumor that went out that we were going to be opening with a different team so we changed it again and now um, now we're just going back over everything you know because it's it happens so quickly uh with the new staff hey is this really what we want to call this play uh, is this the best way for our players to be able to learn it? and particularly you know rookies that haven't been um you know that haven't been in pro football what's going to be the easiest way for them to learn so From that perspective it's going to be good because we're going to be able to really kind of file it down and and make sure that that what we're we're teaching these guys and what we're putting in front of them is very succinct very detailed and um you know it'll be the easiest for them to learn so we're working on our our fourth edit right now
1: what's been the process and the mechanics of your coaches meetings i I imagine zoom meetings uh, and and are those guys all scattered all over north america i imagine
0: yeah they are um yeah it's all zoom meetings um we don't do a lot of full staff meetings right now um we do kind of when we need to and um like for instance i know noel met with the defensive staff today um offensively i got our guys offensively doing projects and um you know aj's kind of you know like special teams coordinators are they're kind of independent contractors so AJ. For instance, I'll be sitting here and I saw a play, I saw saw a special teams play on TV the other day, and I just just pull out my phone and record it, send it to AJ. That's the kind of thing that we're doing right now. A lot of of the stuff that fans are doing, they see a cool play and they record it and send it to their buddies, hey, check this out, well, that's what we're doing too right now. (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's neat. Uh, has this been, I don't know, I don't want to sound dumb when I say this, which is sometimes hard for me not to sound, but has, has this break kind of been good for your coaching staff? You're a new staff coming together. You've had, uh, a, you know, an, a lot of time to get to know each other, to get to know the tendencies on the staff. And, and how important is that for a coaching staff to bond as well as, you know, everyone talks about the team bonding. How important is it for the coaching staff to be bonding, for that coaching room to be tight as well?
0: Yeah, it's really important and and it's gotten more difficult because back when I was in the C F L uh whatever it was, four or five years ago, um the the off season we were allowed to have a mini camp and everybody thinks that's always for the players to get them up to speed and it is, but it's also a a chance for the coaches to practice coaching before training camp gets in. So um us getting to spend more time together was important. Um you know, certainly we're sick about not being able to play, and feel terrible for the players. And but um, you know, the way it's uh, it's going to work out, at least for the coaching staff, it's going to be <clears throat> it's going to give us more time to to have that continuity you're talking about.
1: I'm trying to go back in my mind from uh, when we talked to you in January, when you were in town and uh, unveiled your staff. Uh, are there guys on the staff that you didn't know at all going into this process before you hired them? I know you've worked with a couple of guys, and you know a couple of guys from your time in football. Are there guys you didn't really know much about or know at all until you ended up meeting with them and hiring them?
0: Yeah, there's several guys. Um, I knew uh, Demetrius Maxey. Uh, obviously, I knew Noel. I knew a little bit about John McDonnell, and I didn't know Winston. Um, those were you know those were guys that uh jimmy Elizondo is a good friend of mine worked worked with me uh both in montreal and in toronto and those were two guys that worked with him and, and ottawa so um they came highly recommended for him and, and the, the trust that i have for him um kind of led to that hire or to those both of those hires and they've been great and it's been seamless so um yeah it's kind of a it's a relatively rare thing but uh, I'm pleased with the way the staff turned out it's uh, they're all good workers and Everybody's been kind of doing their job even under the, the difficult circumstances
1: Obviously you've been in, in close contact with them and quite often over this stretch. Uh, how about the players? Uh, have you talked to the players a lot and and how difficult it has it been to build that relationship with players through this COVID-19 mess?
0: Yeah, it's been nearly impossible um, i still haven't had i've been on the job now what nine months i still haven't had my first team meeting in person with them we had a we had a quick full team um zoom meeting after the cancellation and uh, you know just to kind of give them a our perspective of what was going on and and to let them hear it from me that was my first team meeting so it's been awkward. um the guys have been great and i don't i didn't talk to them all that much while we were waiting simply because i i didn't have any answers for them and uh you know everybody wants to know what's going on what's going on and all, all the players really knew more than than most of us because because the players association was so involved with what was happening so um Yeah, we seem like we have really good guys. The guys I've talked to even afterwards, um, you know, they're all anxious to get back out there and play, and they're all, you know, everybody I've talked to wants to be back in Edmonton, and and they're looking forward to it. It's just,
1: uh, you know, I think everybody's handling it well. It's a difficult situation. Yeah, and and everyone's just got to be patient because, as you said, you didn't have the answers for them. We still don't have many answers moving forward. All we know is that there's no season this year, and we don't know when, if, how, or or where next season will take place. So we'll all have to be be patient and wait for something to develop on that front, which I'm sure it will over the next uh, weeks and months ahead. Um, I want to ask you about your goal for the team with with no games scheduled i know you've talked about this before uh, i know when you were on with reed on on inside sports earlier you talked about uh, you guys can't disappear for 18 months uh, you want you talked about wanting to make sure that you stayed in the community and, and stayed visible hard to do in these times have you started to map anything out yet as to how that will that will happen
0: well it's difficult right now including the players because of the, the whole uh, process going on with the CBA and how that's going to sort out. So um, the coaches are all for it. We've talked about you know trying to do some clinics, trying to get out and see the communities. The problem right now is we didn't anticipate the um, the quarantine lasting this long. So we keep so any of us that are in the U.S. we're going to come up there. We got to quarantine for two weeks before we can even step out, as you know. So that's been kind of the hold up there. We're waiting for that to, um, to be lifted, you know, hopefully uh, soon if, it's, if it makes sense. And then uh, we're all going to get up there and, and and try to get out and about and, and um, you know, just be a part of the community and be heard and be seen and, and do what we can to, to, to help people get excited about Edmonton football again.
1: All right, You're listening to the Double E Coaches Show with Scott Milanovich. My name is Morley Scott. I'll give you an NFL update tonight. The Chiefs leading the Patriots 26-10. That's late in the fourth quarter, and Green Bay up 7-3 on the Atlanta Falcons. That is in the first. Uh, both those teams, the Packers and the Chiefs, trying to go to four and oh. We'll maybe talk a little uh, NFL. and a whole lot more cfl when we come back this is the double E coaches show with scott milanovich on 6:30. 30 chat talking football till the top of the clock thanks for being with us tonight uh, wikipedia lists scott milanovich as one of the most notable people born in butler pennsylvania coach what was it like growing up in butler
0: <laughs> it's a great place to grow up um high school football was a big deal in, in western Pennsylvania. My dad was, uh, when I was younger, my dad was a high school coach, and then as I got older, he became the athletic director, so when I kind of grew up, I, I dreamed of I dreamed of playing quarterback for, for the Butler Golden Tornadoes, and that was, to me, that was the epitome when I was a little kid, so um, that was a big deal for us, and um, it was a lot of fun. It's a great place to grow up. It's kind of a small town outside of Pittsburgh, and uh, there isn't a whole lot uh, that people care about around there other than the Steelers and high school football. So it was uh, it was a good place to be for, for a football kid.
1: It's kind of neat how, how the rotation goes uh, for the days of the week in, in the States and those football areas like Butler, like down in the South or whatever. wherever. You got high school football Friday, college football Saturday, and uh, NFL football Sunday and Monday. It's like everybody just tries to get to Friday so they can watch football for the next three or four days. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's
0: it's an interesting place. Blue-collar, you know, it seems a lot like Edmonton, honestly. was blue-collar people. They love football. Um, and people always ask me, there's so many great quarterbacks, and I don't put myself in that category, but there's so many great quarterbacks that come out of western Pennsylvania. And the questions were always, well, why? <laughs> and I think most of the people can answer that by saying if you could play if you could play quarterback in that weather uh, that we usually had to deal with starting around November, much like much like in Canada, then you could probably do it just about anywhere. So um, it was a lot of fun. It was a, it was a really good place to,
1: to grow up, and uh, I'm thankful for that. Are you a Steelers fan still? Or were you when you were a kid? Yeah, I can say that now. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. We'll get along. That? That's my team, too, in the NFL.
0: Yeah, um, no, I, I do. I, I grew up with the Steelers, and um, I had to shut that down when I was playing in Tampa, and obviously when I was coaching in Jacksonville. So it was tough in Jacksonville when we played them in the playoffs, whatever it was, three or four years ago, and and went up the, to Heinz Field and beat them. There was some family members that were pretty torn about that situation, but uh, they got over it. What's
1: that? What's that like as a guy who grew up? cheering for the steelers to go into pittsburgh and just to to be in that you've done it i imagine a couple of times a few times with, with jacksonville and, and when you were playing as well just to just to go in there and 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 be in that atmosphere and think you know wow i always dreamed of being here i wouldn't be in a home team maybe but i always dreamed of being here what was it like for you
0: it wasn't as big of a deal um uh, at jacksonville as a coach and as a player um when i was in tampa you know, I never played. I played like four snaps in regular season, but twice in the preseason we went up there. One time we played them. This was back in an old Three River Stadium, so I played there, and then we played them in the Hall of Fame game in Canton um, one year, and I had <laughs> I had probably my best game as a as an NFL quarterback against them. I threw a couple of touchdowns, and the family was there, so it was. I guess I got the you know the starry eyed out of me as a player so when uh, when I went back up there as a coach it wasn't it wasn't as big of a deal
1: you mentioned you're, uh, you're on the couch watching CFL football on the computer and on the big screen you got college football or NFL football. Uh, were you pretty excited earlier this month or I guess last month when when both college football and the NFL got started? I know I did an interview with, with uh, Jordan Hoover, and he said he felt like he watched that first NFL game on that Thursday night. He said, I felt like I was about six inches away from the TV. I was so excited to see football. Uh, were you pretty excited after being not seeing any football for so long to be able to sit down and watch it again?
0: Oh yeah, I mean, really no sports almost for so long it felt like, and until the basketball started and the golf started back up. So, yes, very excited. I, you know, my my oldest daughter goes to Auburn, so when the SEC opted to play that, that was great for us. And although it wasn't so great last week at, at Georgia, but um, yeah, it's. Uh, you know, like now during the during the middle of the day, there's always a game on between the NFL Network replaying an NFL game and the SEC Network replaying one of their games, and ESPN News replaying some college games. So, um, I'm getting I'm getting football about 24 seven right now. And normally in the fall, we don't get to, we don't get to do that because we're because we're game planning and working. So, we're really we're
1: really getting a lot of film watching it, which is great. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I found the same thing. I haven't. Uh, I don't usually get into the NFL until after November when the CFL season ends. But I've been watching as much of it as I can. I think everybody's just excited to watch some football, and and hopefully things get on track for uh, the CFL to begin play next year at some point. Uh, what's your What's your main objective between now and when you get news of when you're starting? What are there things you still have to do, or are you pretty much ready to go when they tell you to?
0: I think we're we're pretty much ready to go. Um just kind of what I was talking about, we're going just going back through all the little minute details of of our systems offensively, defensively and special teams wise and uh just making sure that we're utilizing the best way to teach them and the best way for these guys to learn them. And it, I guess just to get into detail, it's some some of it's like words that make sense. Like we had a play the other day that that we called uh random name and i was like well why are we calling it this and the reason we're calling it is because i had called it that somewhere in jacksonville but that doesn't make sense to any of the guys in edmonton like there's no rhyme or reason for that so it's we're ironing out little things like that so that um um once they get the playbook once we you know because we don't have an off season we don't have meetings in the off season. when we hit the ground running the training camp that we'll be able to learn it quickly and we'll be able to uh when we roll around for that first game, play fast and and do what I think this team's capable of doing.
1: All right. Well, the music has started, Scott. That went quick. Uh, Half an hour goes fast when you're talking about something you haven't talked about for a long time. Uh, This (laughs) is the first of many uh, Double E Coaches show with Scott Milanovich. Hope you enjoyed it, Scott. I look forward to talking to you again. Have yourself a a good week, and uh, we'll talk some more football coming up soon. Sounds good, Mark. Thanks a lot. Have a good night. Great stuff. That is Scott Milanovich, the head coach of the Edmonton Football Club. Monday night, seven thirty to eight. The coaches show is back, and we're glad to be talking football. My name is Morley Scott. Have a great evening, everybody. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with
0: Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.